Hi guys, welcome to Howler Pod. A couple quick warnings before we get started here today. The first warning, Howler Pod contains adult content. It's going to be some bloody damn cursing. We have a very important message Don't for you. be a pixie. Second warning. This warning is for spoilers, like all of the spoilers. This podcast is going to cover everything in the Red Rising series. If you have not read the books, please do not listen to the podcast. Is going to ruin it for you. Yeah. Just go read the books and then come back and listen to the podcast. Go read them. Third thing, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and all the stuff at HowlerPod. That's H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. At HowlerPod. Let's get started. And now, HowlerPod. Oh! Welcome to HowlerPod. I am your host, Ben Reinert, joined today by my co-host, Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. Of course, HowlerPod is the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every week we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising series by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Oh, oh. Yeah. You may realize that we uh, may have noticed that we sound a little different this week. A little better, maybe? Hopefully a lot better. A little warmer. (laughs) We have a new setup, a podcast setup. We are amateurs, so keep that in mind. But we're trying our best uh, to approve the sound. Uh, We have a new producer, Producer John. Thanks, Producer John. He's made us sound really great. Thanks, Producer John. He refuses to acknowledge that he's helping us. It's okay. We still love him anyway. And we hope that you love him, too. Anyways, moving on. What are we doing this week, Ben? Today, we will be talking about chapters 26 through 31 in the Red Rising book. With Mustang. Yeah. Chapters 26 through 31. I guess we need to talk about what happened in these chapters, right? Let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries. You want to take the first one? Yeah. All right. Chapter 26, Mustang. Cassius and Arrow go further from House Mars than they've ventured before, and they're walking on foot. Uh, they run into Mustang, the girl who called Darrow a pixie when he learned to ride the <laughs> pony with Mateo, and uh, he says... It's he remembers her like it was yesterday. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, they managed to get her off her horse, but are chased by House Minerva when she whistles to them. They escape by jumping into the lock, and they have to wade water and get hypothermia. So after Minerva um, goes to capture Mars's standard, Severo saves them from the lake by taking out their two guards. And then uh, they make a plan, and they go and steal Minerva's standard. Ooh. So, yeah, chapter 27 is the House of Rage. So after raiding House Minerva, Darrow, Cassius, and Severo rush back to Castle Mars. They want to join in the fight against House Minerva. They've taken Castle Mars um, from Titus. So Darrow's goes mano y mano with Pax. Ow. <laughs> Telemannus. Uh, <laughs> they have a big fight. Pax gives him a bear hug. Daryl knees him in the balls. They both <laughs> pass out unconscious. 
Darrow wakes up and finds that he's got his team is one, but uh, Mustang still has the castle with a small band of her fellow Minervans. Um, she wants so they start talking or whatever parlay. She wants to take Titus and punish him for what he's doing in the tower. Fucking Titus, fuck you, man. Darrow refuses, telling her he belongs to House Mars. She then is forced to abandon the castle. Chapter 28, My Brother. Darrow's now appearing as the leader of House Mars. After Minerva captures Titus and his gang, Darrow has to dole out the punishment for his crimes. Darrow confronts Titus as he's tied up in the basement. And Titus, um, in his ramblings, accidentally says the word bloody damn, mm. giving away his uh, very red secret, if you know what I mean. Daryl's super shook by that entire situation. Daryl's like, what the fuck, <laughs> dude? Uh, Titus also has had someone he loved abused by gold, and all of um, his actions in the Institute were all revenge against the whole gold society. Okay, that takes us to chapter 29, Unity. Darrow makes the decision that Titus must be executed for his foul, foul deeds. Titus challenges Darrow to a duel. Uh, Darrow accepts, but then is stopped by Cassius. Cassius asks to kill Titus himself. Darrow looks at Roke and is like, should I do it? Roke's like, no. But then Darrow's like, okay, man, you can do it. <laughs> it was a Good bad job, decision. <laughs> And then uh, Cassius just proceeds to butcher Titus. He, like, stabs his dead body. Right, in a very hollow, vengeance-filled, drawn-out duel that leaves everybody feeling pretty terrible about the entire situation. The other golds, especially the ones that were fighting, I mean, uh, following Titus, they really resent Darrow for his choice to let Cassius carry carry out the punishment. And so after this occurs... Fitchner comes down, he meets with Darrow, they have a, a little conversation, and in that conversation, he reveals to Darrow that the Jackal is the arch-governor Augustus's son. Flip. Whoa. Chapter ball. 30, House Diana. Darrow bans the abuse of slaves um, at House Mars, and he works to mend the house back together again after Titus's death. Uh, Cassius begins teaching Daryl Cravat, and also during this time, we find out that Severo killed Priam, and that Severo knows who Daryl killed. It was Julian. They aren't able to capture more slaves. It's kind of like a boring month where they're just having small fights outside the castle, but nothing's really moving forward in the game. So Darrow decides to change the paradigm by going off to form an alliance with House Diana. Okay, chapter 31, The Fall of Mustang. After forming uh, that alliance with House Diana, uh, Darrow sets his sights on conquering Minerva. So with the help of Severo, the Howlers, Tactus from Diana, and um, some other golds from Diana, they lay a trap for House Minerva. Darrow shows up with all his bros, challenges Pax to a duel, and then defeats him. He then gives the signal, little howl. And I think it was a big howl. Yeah, <laughs> a big howl, fine. <laughs> and uh, the howlers uh, and a few other of the golds from House Diana, led by Severo, burst from some stitched up stomachs of dead horses on oh. the battlefield. That had to be weird. 
and they attack uh, the Minervan castle while everyone is distracted by Pax and Darrow's fight. Mustang, she sees that the situation has gone south very quickly. She flees with the Minervan standard. Darrow follows her, but also Vixis and Cassandra follow her. From there, we know they're shitty. They're bad people. Darrow is looking for Mustang, spots her, hiding, but is worried what's going to happen to her if Vixis gets a hold of her. Because uh, Vixus is there too. And so he sees her and then leads Vixus away. Saving Mustang. Saving Mustang. Because he loves her. Because I think <laughs> he's got a crush. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was our chapter summary yeah, for the so week. A lot happened. This is like a really uh, action packed for sure. Hey, Jinx. Hey. <laughs> okay. So, Ben. What is our theme for these chapters? Yeah, now that we know what happened, we got to figure out what ties this all together. Our theme for these chapters is ascendancy. The ascendance. <laughs> of thine, thine ascendance of, of one, thine Darrow. Of one Darrow Al Andromedus, I guess, right? Oh, yeah. Does yeah. he change his name to Augustus? Uh, I don't know how or that works. Is he always Andromedus? No, yeah, he takes I his think name. He, yeah, you're right. Tight. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we figured that <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, right. so the reason that we picked Ascendancy, like we feel like these chapters are the ones where Darrow really kind of goes from middle of the pack or, well, one of the leaders in a pack of leaders to the, the top leader. dog. Yeah. He also, I think, um, before he was kind of sharing that leadership role of his own tribe with Cassius, they mm-hmm. were seen as a pair. And this is where he rises above Cassius. Because Cassius got peed on. <laughs> circle peed on. <laughs> got circle peed he got, on. He got that circle pee. <laughs> he needs a t-shirt. So yeah, Cassius falls out of favor because of that. And um, people start looking to Darrow. Right. Um, and, and he takes advantage. He does. And he's not like, he's very okay with Cassius falling out of favor. And he still says he wants Cassius to do well outside the Institute. Yeah. But he... He's like, I feel bad for my bro, but I got to... He also feels guilty because he killed his I gotta get bro's bro. Yeah, I got to get this Primus spot. Um, he also... So Darrow took on that burden mm-hmm. with uh, Titus. I almost said Tactus. Those are very similar <laughs> names. And they're both big brutes. Yeah. And kind of have anger issues. Don't name your kids <laughs> Titus or Tactus or anything <laughs> similar. Um, so yeah, Darrow sentences Titus to die. So he mm-hmm. takes on that heavy burden that the leader of a house would have to has take to on. make that decision uh-huh and even though it didn't necessarily turn out well because you're not even supposed to kill people in this game so it's like that's yeah but the proctors were like yeah you can everybody's kill okay one. with it because <laughs> titus everybody's like titus super sucks right so yeah he's really taking on that decision making power the burden of that power and then everybody's looking at darrow and this is his first test in that situation and he actually fails it well also, we have to point out that Darrow knows that Titus is a red. Right. So you even see Darrow taking on leadership over even his own people, over the reds. Right. So, like, even though Titus should be who he's fighting for, really, because mm-hmm. he's fighting for reds, mm-hmm. he knows that he's a liability. So he he really takes on leadership there as well with the sons of Ares yeah being like okay I'm gonna take care of this liability so that our plan doesn't get crushed yeah that's a really good point and it's like he has to kill 
his brother. He like he sees Titus as a brother. The but chapter's called My Brother. Right. But like people like Cassius and Roke are referring to Darrow as their brother. Exactly. And Lots he of has bros to, here. Yeah. He has to make that really difficult decision, but I think that's a great point on your part that he's doing this to protect the son's various he's doing this to protect Eo's dream. Because mm-hmm. if he doesn't, Titus puts all of that in jeopardy. We like we said, this is his kind of first test of leadership and he fails it with the golds, but also in a way he's doing the right thing for his leadership path for the sons of Ares down mm-hmm. the road. You know, he's doing so Can't keep these fake reds around. Right. He can be the only one. From there he's kind of Darrow's trying to maintain control over House Mars for the uh-huh. next few it, chapters. It wanes. It's not full right. ascendance. It's a it's a, you know, not a linear graph. What right. are those graphs called? A line graph that goes up and down. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm not. I don't. Mo- I don't know much about graphs. <laughs> he doesn't have graph boots. He's not steadily <laughs> rising. He's not in a star shell. So yeah, he's trying to take control of that of that group. He struggles with it, especially after Titus's death. And right. there's like the month of boredom. So let's talk about some quotes some supplements from the chapters to kind of emphasize the points that we just made about right. Darrow becoming a leader. Do you want to do the first one? Sure thing. Yeah, so this is when uh chapter 27 kind of when they are riding back to uh House Mars. They've just stolen the Minervan standard like we were talking about. Darrow says, "My horse alone is not covered with mud." She is a bright mare, and I am a bright sight. I carry Minerva's golden standard in my left hand. We could have hidden it, could have kept it safe, but they need to know we have it, and even though Severus stole it, he doesn't want to carry it. He likes his curved knives too much. I think he whispers to them. And Cassius we need for other things beside carrying the standard. Plus, if he carried it, then he would look like the leader, and that will not do. So you see some coldness from Darrow there. He's like, that's not happening. I am the dude. And he realizes that Cassius is kind of like the next in line, even though Antonia... Because of his own mistake, you know, he, he let Cassius get fear, be feared again, like right, Rogue said. Right, when they saw him fight and mm-hmm. creepy stab the corpse. Right. You want to take this, this next one that's kind of a little later on in the battle? Right. So after um, they carry Minerva's standard up, Roke and Antonia come with me to negotiate with Mustang at the gate. I limp up and favor a cracked rib. It hurts to breathe. Roke takes a step back so that I am most prominent when we reach the gate itself. Antonia wrinkles her nose and eventually does the same. So this shows Roke deferring power to Darrow. And, and Antonia, too. And <laughs> Antonia, yeah. even begrudgingly so. And right. we all know... That she's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so she's just playing a long game. Obviously, she's like at this point. Yeah, she realizes she can't just like right. throw a fit and get her way. She is. She's definitely being a sneaky fox about it. Yep. And then afterwards, so this is kind of after the battle's taken place. They're all hanging out, and Daryl Roker talking. They're kind of talking about. Cassius and he says doesn't matter flying piss how much it means to him Roke echoes my words with a smile his fingers are thin like hay on my bicep they'll never fear him 
And then Daryl goes on to say, fear is necessary here, and Cassius knows it. Why else is he absent in victory? Antonia has not left my side. Pollock's the gate opener. Hasn't either. They linger several meters away to associate with my power. That's pretty powerful, like, right, right there. Like Darryl They're, like, hovering. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody sees, like, so we see Daryl has ascended to this spot. He's, like, the number one spot. He's got the bars of merit for everything Even that went down Severo here. Could have gotten some bars, yeah. Except he killed Priam, right? And it it just keeps going on. So we keep seeing this ascendancy throughout the chapters. At one point, Daryl says, "Titus, I rule House Mars now." Right when he's talking to him. Yeah. And, and then, like we talked about, he kind of makes that mistake with with Cassius and lets Cassius kill Titus. Oh yeah, and in in that scene, we see Cassius almost um, asking permission to Darrow. He says, Darrow, he is mine. Cassius whispers coldly, remember, I make no sign of acknowledgement. Please, Darrow, let me honor House Bologna. I look to Roke. He shakes his head no, as does Quinn, who stands behind Cassius. But I am leader here, and I did promise my friend, who now recognizes my ascendance. Mm -hmm. He requests instead of demands, so I make a show of considering and then accepting his request. Yeah, so this is Daryl kind of handling that power that he's now ascended to. He's like, yes, my liege, <laughs> you may kill this man. <laughs> and this is interesting, too, because in this scene, Cassius has just been pissed on. He still doesn't have favor. Right. And then um, further down the line in these chapters, he gets mad at Darrow when Darrow tries, tries to command to him. So, Because he got his a little bit of his power back right with that fight with titus that mistake that daryl made puts cassius back in a position where he well can, he's like i do what i want right he can gain power back right and there's well, later on they're trying to decide what they're they should do or who they should attack next they're kind of having that leader leadership council and daryl mm -hmm. can't even get a word in nobody right. will listen to everyone's him. like joking around yeah. and he has to stand up and say quiet before anyone will even listen to him so his power does wane yep. up and down cassius questions him too he, he's like he gives him some direction and he's like is that an order oh yeah he says yeah. you giving me orders <laughs> he says in a strange way perhaps you've forgotten that i go where i want what a little brat. <laughs> yeah. No, Cassius, when you go where you want, you get beat up and peed on. <laughs> Remember? That's so true. Daryl should have hit him back with that. Like, oh, <laughs> you want... Well, no, he 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 says, oh, so you'll leave control to Antonia while we both go. Yeah. And then he's he's got him there. Yep. He should have just been like, what, you want to go get peed on again, yeah. man? Yeah. Hey, remember that one time <laughs> everyone peed on you? <laughs> and then he's uh, like a curmudgeon about it. He says, of course, Reaper, of course I'll stay here, just as you've suggested. Right. Like, okay, yeah, <laughs> good one. Yeah, so with the same topic, so we've got this ascendancy to power after the battle with the initial battle with House Minerva, and then we've got the mistake with Titus. Cassius is kind of back up. Darrow falls down a bit. And then by the end of these chapters, Darrow knows that he made the mistake. And he's like, I got to get this power back. And we see that in that final chapter where he challenges Pax to the duel. The plan is not even to fight Pax. Yeah. It's supposed to be just like draw everybody out, get Pax out there. How? 
and then go. Right. Uh, but instead, he's like, no, nah, I'm going to fight Pax. And he beats him and beats he him up. He knocks him out. Yeah. That's pretty cool. He's This is a pretty cool quote. So this is like right during his duel with Pax. He says, our nearest horseman is 600 meters away, much too far. I plan for that, yet I do not signal. I want my own victory today, even if it's a selfish one. My army has to know why I lead. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is risky because Pax could obviously smash his face. Oh, hell yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, he already fucked him up once. <laughs> right. He, sque- <laughs> he, like, squeezed him to death, basically. <laughs> so that's pretty bold of him to For even sure. take, a, I mean, because yeah. Pax is a literal giant. Oh, hell yeah. Daryl, I mean, Daryl is, he's definitely bold. For sure. That is <laughs> Not always smart. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's our kind of our theme of ascendancy when it applies to Darrow. But we also had another idea with this theme of ascendancy in these chapters. And that's with Severo. We kind of see him mm-hmm. uh, ascending up the list of people that Darrow trusts. Like he's probably his most trusted person in the group by the end of these chapters. I mean, I think that's pretty easy to say. Right. They They see a little bit of themselves in each other right both ways yeah we'll talk about that uh, a little bit more later but i think that idea of ascendancy not only applies to darrow but it's it's also uh really applies to several in this situation too and several is kind of becoming a much more important character in the books now and several really kind of pushes darrow to the top yeah really he does he saves him from the lock yeah and then he knows how to get into Minerva. Mm-hmm. He knows how to steal their standard. He's already saved House Mars's standard. Yep. And um all of these accomplishments he doesn't get any credit for. Darrow gets all the credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really without Severo being his shadow, Darrow wouldn't even he he'd be a slave because he would have swam out of the lake and gotten For sure. Enslaved. Yeah, he was he was in deep shit. Okay, so now that we uh, know what happened in these chapters, and we uh, know the theme of these chapters. We quoted them up a little bit. We've got you guys some quotes. We've got to talk about our uh, prime five. Aaron, what's the prime five? It is five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters. Yeah. Thumbs up. <laughs> you want to take one? You want to take the first one? Um, well, okay, my favorite one yeah, is the connection with Mustang <laughs> and Darrow, the chemistry, if you will. This is a great one. The the, the dreamy eyes from <laughs> the park, so. I loved when he saw her. First, he names her Mustang because mm-hmm. he sees her horse mm-hmm. and, like, low Mustang, and then now forever she's Mustang. Right. Which is, it's good she wasn't riding a donkey. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Put up your big ass, you know, yeah. or a mule. So, um, low jackass. <laughs> and uh, he, when he sees her, he says, like I said earlier, that he remembers her like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then we also see in these chapters, Daryl refers to her as beautiful and pretty. Mm-hmm. Whereas anytime, like, Cassius kind of hints that a girl's pretty daryl's like oh i guess she must he'll be pretty. say it about people every, like he'll say it about antonio or something but he doesn't it does not have the same weight that the way he says it about mustang you know and it could be because of hindsight but i also think that he 
he immediately respects her because she's obviously a a good leader. She's full of hellfire, mm-hmm. and you know how he likes that in a lady. Well, they also have like that instant kind of connection and chemistry that they all they ca- they seem to have like a secret thing between them almost immediately. Mm-hmm. You know. She's like, your butt boy's full of... Sh- no, sorry. Severus is <laughs> <with> butt boy. <laughs> but she's like, your your friends here is full of tells. Like, she's defers right. to Darrow immediately, yeah. even in that first Yeah, she's kind of like only talking to Darrow in uh-huh. that situation. And then also when he's about to fight Pax, she's like, she's like aside. Like she's like, takes in. him aside. Yeah. Right. And she's like, he'll hurt you. You know, like, be careful. And he, he didn't, but he tried. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it's very interesting. I like that one a lot. Good good call. And he, he always talks about her golden hair, like, sparkling and yeah. stuff. And um, <laughs> he, like, rips her hair out when he tries to pull her off the horse. Do you think he saved the hair? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, because then he jumped in the water. So he probably lost. Oh, that's true. He probably. Maybe, but he, he talks about, like, her golden coils in her hair. <laughs> you know, he talks about her hair a lot. I do always, yeah, it's a funny, like, mental image of Daryl just, like, daydreaming about <laughs> Mustang riding a horse <laughs> and her hair, like, bouncing in the, <laughs> in the branch, yeah. <laughs> so, as we know, we'll see more of that connection very soon. Right. Because they're it's about to really bond. Yeah, it's uh, very evident there in those those chapters. It's a good call. Yeah, how um, about the next Prime 5, Ben? So this was one of the coolest things that I noticed in this reread. And this is actually the first time that I caught this. And this is like the fourth time I reread mm-hmm. this book. I think we're on four, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's during that conversation with Fitchner and Darrow. So this is like right after the Titus, the whole Titus thing went down. And Fitchner and Darrow are talking. A wolf ho- howls in the background and they're just talking about kind of what the other person's like and he's mm-hmm. like i think you're and fishner says this to daryl says I, he says i think you're like that beast out there part of a pack but deeply sad deeply alone and i can't puzzle out why my dear boy this is all so much fun enjoy it life doesn't get better daryl responds you're the same i say lonely you're all japes and snide comments just like Severo, but it's just a mask because you don't look like the others isn't it or are you poor somehow you're an outsider this is just Severo? incredible. Yeah, he says, you're just like Severo, uh, son. Uh, are you and related? Then, and he also says, but it's just a mask. Do you wear a mask? Are you fucking Aries, bro? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's all right there. And Pierce is the best. That's all I have to say. And when Darrow, in that conversation, Darrow is like, why are you just a proctor? Like, mm-hmm. why don't why don't you have more power like how many people can do the things you're doing mm-hmm. and fisher gets real pissed he, and he said no one can do what i do yeah. and he means like being aries exactly he has so much weight on his shoulders it's it's and all there's so much subtext in that conversation out. yeah Oof. it's incredible uh that's just a really great conversation so much foreshadowing for the rest of the book so much subtext that when you go back and reread it just uh reveals itself it's just so cool well done, Pierce. I feel like every week we're just like Pierce is the best writer ever, but this is why this stuff is it's so like good. He has like he knows everyone's <laughs> future. <laughs> but just like but you can do that. You can be an author and know everybody's future and write a book like that, but you can't like that like that drop, kind of subtext is too. just that is really good writing. Um 
also going back to at the end of there, he says, somehow you're an outsider. Mm-hmm. And Fitchner is really a true outsider because his red wife, who yeah. he loved, was murdered. Yeah. He loves a red woman. And that's, She's I mean, it's murdered, illegal. Right? Yeah. Great. Like, literally illegal. And, and Darrow is so empathetic. He really sees that in Fitchner, yeah. who. You know, so far the interactions with Fitchner have been so bizarre. Yeah, he's a total with butthole. him like, you beast, yeah. <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's interesting that Darrow sees Fitchner as a human. He really, mm-hmm. he really can see the human in everyone, even yeah. when they're being fucking weird. He's very intuitive with their pull shields and stuff. Yep, very. Uh, well done, Darrow. Well done, Pierce. I think that's just awesome. I feel like, like I said, every week I feel like we say Pierce is the best, but that's just Thanks, so Pierce, cool. for giving us these <laughs> gifts. <laughs> He's just so good. All um, right, let's move on. So I'm going to do a similar one to my last one, but the Severo and Darrow love connection, which is just as important yep. as the Mustang love connection. Yes, for sure. The bromance is on. And at this point, on. it's even more important, really. The bromance is on. It has started. <laughs> I love this because so far, Severo's come in and had funny little japes, but this is where we really see Severo um, coming out of the shadows, out of the wolf pack. Like literally out of the forest. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what do you think I've been doing? Wanking off in the bushes? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, what have you been doing? Just howling in the night. So... Doesn't this he admit to later on actually wank- wanking off in the bushes the oh, whole time? Probably. I feel like down. I, I don't like remember. A couple books later, he does. Um, but we'll get there eventually. It's interesting to see when he saves Darrow and Cassius out of the lake. Several like immediately looks to Darrow as like, mm-hmm. "Hey, what should we do now?" And Darrow's like, "I don't know. You know, like you know what's going on. Obviously, you're like winning the game. You know." Mm-hmm. And Severo's like, no, like, you're the leader, you right. know? So Severo immediately kind of defers to Darrow. He props Darrow up in this oh, yeah. hole. Puts him on his little skinny shoulders. Yep. Also, uh, there's some funny jokes in there. Like, this is when Cassius and Severo still kind of get along before they hate each other because mm-hmm. they're fighting over Darrow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I also like how Severo and Darrow have in that same combo Severo says you're like me and somehow also like him meaning Cassius yep so he sees himself in Darrow they know. also have that yeah and he's half red uh they also have that deep conversation about the passage and oh on the way to Diana that's yeah. right and they get even closer and and Darrow even notes like I want to get closer to this guy but I don't think I can because I feel like He's going to see right through me. Right. He, he also says, he, he's like, I think Severo would respect me more if he knew I was a red. Yeah. Because um, Severo mentions, like, I wasn't born, like, beautiful and tall like you, mm-hmm. you know? And Sev- or Daryl inside's probably screaming, like, yeah, you have no fucking clue, dude, <laughs> <laughs> how I was born. <laughs> right. Your brain would explode if you found out. Right. Uh okay, that was a great one. Love connections in these chapters. Yep, this is like this is uh all the <laughs> love connections. Maybe that should have been the theme this week. Love <laughs> connections. Uh, okay, I'm gonna take this next one. Okay. 
And this is just a, a little uh, little blurb. This is our first appearance of one Tactus Alrath. Alvali Rath, I think, is his full name. Too many names, Tactus. He's got like a hat. He's got a hyphen name. Yeah. But I don't. I think there's actually a screw up because at one point, his name is in this book, his full name, or in Golden Sun. But then it changes later on to Vali Rath. Really? Yeah. Anyway, everybody, we all like kind of love and hate Tactus. I like really enjoy him sometimes, but also like he's a giant asshole and he also betrays Darrow. In the future. In the future. So we know where that's going. But then you feel really bad for him when he gets killed by Lorne. And, you know, you just wanted that to work out. seems like Darrow really wanted that relationship to work out. And this is the first the first uh, appearance of, of, of old Tactus here. And it's it's pretty funny. He's already talking oh yeah, about... Yeah, he's like, should we slice the balls yeah, off? Cutting off balls and shit. And tomorrow's <laughs> like, put the goddamn <laughs> knife down, you creep. <laughs> so that's one little blurb. The second little blurb I have on this one is this is also the chapters where the Howlers get named. Not They've already been named their names, but they actually get called as a group the Howlers. Oh, where is chapters. that? It's in uh, chapter 30 when they're on their way to the house, Diana. Um, bef- right before they're about to go out to heist House Diana, um, Darrow kind of gives the the Howler roster and talks about how they're starting to follow Severo around, mm. and he was initially kind of like upset about it, but now they all wear wolf cloaks and howl, and everybody calls them the Howlers. And yeah, and when he beats up um, Pax. Mm-hmm. So that's everyone howls. And th- right. that was so funny. They said the proctors were howling. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed out loud when I remember that. It was like, uh, you know, House Diana howls, everyone yep. howls, and even the proctors start howling. Yep. <laughs> except for House Minerva, obviously. Yep. So we have a, uh, those are a couple more just first. We've got our first Tactus appearance, and we've got our naming of the howlers. So that's where this comes from. Chapter um, 30. Howler Pod. Quick. That's where we get our name, right quick there. Quick throwback to what you just said. Red Rising Wiki says that it's Tactus Al Wrath, but then it says family siblings Tharsis Al Valley Wrath. Yeah, so that's it what says I'm both. Yeah, because Apollonius goes by Valley Wrath, but in these books he's referred to as Tactus well, Al Wrath. I'm not sure what was going on maybe with that. Maybe he's not. They have different uh, dads. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> uh, I remember like being a little confused by it when Iron Gold came out because they were saying oh, really? Apollonius was. But it's Texas House Wrath. Yeah. I don't know. They must. Yeah. Whatever. We, you should tweet Pierce. Yeah. Somebody, if you know that, you know. Yeah. We've shout got, out. Yeah, Tag us at Hallerpod. At Hallerpod on Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email. You can send us an email at Hallerpod at Gmail dot com. I don't even think we oh, talked about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, we do have an email address, <laughs> <laughs> which we definitely check. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not the end of Prime 5. We've got one more Oh, right. Thing. Okay, so these were epic, obviously, but yeah. the Pax and Darrow fights. Some great action so here. So the one where, <laughs> where Pax, like, bear hugs Darrow is, like, hilarious. He's just screaming. He, just, he keeps yelling, Paxa Telemannus has your leader. Pax Outelmanus, <laughs> you know, and yes. you like, and Daryl's like in a bear hug, like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And then he starts passing out, and he's like, Tactus has honor, but I don't. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, smashes grapes. <laughs> yeah, just knees him in the balls. 
like over and over until they he passes out. They both from pass it. out. Yeah. It's but like Daryl passes out from lack of oxygen. But um, Pax passes out from getting his balls. I know, like <laughs> actual pain or something. I don't know. That would be terrible. He like faints, and then Daryl, <laughs> Daryl's like on top of him because he's huge. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was it? I was thinking about the physical description of Pax. So, like, if you read the other descriptions of the Telemonses, they all look alike. They have like these huge heads, but like a very <laughs> pinched face and like a butt chin. <laughs> Oh I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's just like I thought that description was very interesting. Like Kavox <laughs> looks exactly the same, and they like have these giant shoulders, <laughs> like bears, uh, but like a super pinched face and like a butt chin. Like it fits perfectly. I don't know why. I, I can always see think that. of the guy on Guardians of the Galaxy. The um. Oh yeah, Drax. That, that big guy. Yeah. yeah. I kind of think of him. That's a good. I like that comp. And yeah. he's also like funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the second fight, obviously, is also cool. But Darrow basically knocks him unconscious again by hitting him in the skull. Yeah, we kind of see, like, Darrow's skills in that fight. He's got his... Darrow's just such a good strategist. Like, he's Uh always one step ahead. He's really good at um, taking weaknesses and using them against uh, uh, his opponent. And any time he has that opportunity it seems like he's coming out on the other on the right end of it you know maybe we could add darrow and pax to the love connection because <laughs> he does hug him yeah they have a real physical connection he hugs him to death <laughs> <laughs> um i think it's fun too because no one can beat pax because he's huge right and darrow beating pax really in the future makes pax like love darrow yeah he's yeah. like he like immediately considers him like of the same stock of fighter right that they're evenly matched yeah he really respects him after that yeah so th- it's good that they had those fights and it's good that darrow didn't kill <laughs> or seriously maim right pax except maybe his balls ah poor pax i wish he was we don't alive. know if he can have children yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh he definitely can't after he meets the jackal what pax what happened he gets killed no. <laughs> Did you I forget forgot. that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to be pretty traumatizing I for you. I was thinking of the other Telemonuses. Yeah. So I was like, they hang out. Yeah, they all hang out. Uh, his brother's name is Daxo. Daxo. Well, yeah. I was yeah, I was thinking of Kavox and Daxo. We still have a lot of Telemonuses. There's a, a lady Telemonus too, isn't there? Thraxa. Yeah. That's the daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, Xana. I don't know if she's yeah, I'm not sure if she's like and prominent. Yeah. But the hammer is Thraxa. Yeah, yeah, I remember her. Tight. So yeah, Pax will die, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome surprise, surprise. to <laughs> Howler Pod. <laughs> okay, so uh now that we know what happened, we've had our themes uh and we have set our, our prime five here. We have, guess what? We get to talk about the primus of the week that's true that's what i was gonna say when i say guess what a premise of the week is of course where we choose the one character who conquered our proctors of plot and rose above the rest aaron who's our primus this week he's several yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so I'm really excited because I fucking hated our last Primus, <laughs> and I... She's really upset about it. Well, I didn't get my way. <laughs> I don't ever want to pick bad guys for Primus. <laughs> She's been giving me shit about that for a full right, week. Right, so now it's Severo. <laughs> so are, we, are we friends again now that Severo is... No. Um, <laughs> obviously, we love Severo, and we're biased because of his, you know, prominence in the future books. Yeah. But he I did win this week because really he's the only one who did shit. I don't know. I think there's, there's an argument to be made that Darrow could be your primus this week. But ultimately, I think the reason that Darrow is successful is Severo. And without Severo, he, like we said, would either drown or be a slave. Right. He doesn't even get started. So, so Severo likes Dunfiss, all these guys, and then, yeah. you know, saves the day. Severo, you the real MVP. He is. So, yes, he saves Cassius Sidero, he hides Mars' standard, he captures Minerva's standard, standard, and that whole, obviously, Cassius and Daryl help, but without the password, they wouldn't have gotten in, yep. and that was Severo. Yep. Um, he hides in a horse's yeah, belly. for, like, multiple hours. We, that was probably his idea, right? I'm sure he actually enjoyed that. You know? <laughs> no, I think later he talks about how he it was warm and cozy. Yeah, and everyone's I'm like, sure. you're so gross. Yeah, it's like, Severo, like, what is no. wrong with you? That was, that was pretty awesome. Uh, also, he has really good insults. Yeah, I mean, he's always got the best lines. Well, Gyps and Jap. And it's funny, the relationship with Darrow, because even though he's, like, deferring to Darrow, he's still, like... Is is kind of like a little bitch about stuff. He's always gonna give Darrow shit. Like when Darrow's like, "You can't cut the House Diana out of the trees." He's like, "You can't cut House Diana out of the tree." <laughs> like he like repeats <laughs> it back to him, whatever he says. Like he's a little brat, you know. I love when they're talking to the the people in the trees, and then Darrow says all his stuff, and nobody from House Diana responds, and then several just goes. Thank you for your assistance. <laughs> He's like, thanks for all your help. <laughs> I know. And uh, he'll, he'll like say stuff to Daryl and be like, he'll like agree, like be like, no, that won't work. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you write some of his insults down here? Uh, I did. So <laughs> this was my favorite one when he, uh, he saves them from the lake and they're like, mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh. He says, what do you think I've been doing this whole time? You silky turd. <laughs> Wanking off in the bushes. Silky turd. Silky turd. I need to use that. That's a good one. It's yeah. It's a little weird. <laughs> Don't do the next insult. Oh, I'll, I, I'll take this one. Sure. This is talking to Cassius at the end. I think he really enjoys insulting, insulting Cassius. Cassius. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, they're talking about they get uh, stuck in a siege, siege uh, and. They have to would have to transport water to the castle. It says we have to leave the castle to get it, sir numbnuts. A real siege. We'd last five days without replenishing our water. Seven if we drank animals' blood like Morgdi. We need Sirius's fortress. Also, the harvest pricks can't fight to save their lives, but they have something in there. <laughs> harvest pricks. <laughs> harvest pricks. <laughs> and sir numbnuts. And sir numbnuts. Sir numbnuts is a really good one for for sir pedon also. Sir pedon. <laughs> 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 we should slip that to him. <laughs> and, and in the future, Sir One Arm. No. And then he's got to get uh, one. Oh, Sir One Arm. I didn't that. <laughs> you nice. didn't laugh, so I was like, okay. <laughs> 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 I guess that wasn't funny. Sir. I, 
glad you catch that. That's that's nice. So nice. I already kind of said this one earlier, <laughs> but this <laughs> was also funny. He says, I wasn't born tall and pretty like you and your butt boy, Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> He's just jabbing at Daryl and Cassius the whole time. Always. And especially Cassius, which we enjoy. Yeah. It's it's He's basically taken on the role of the little brother who just annoys you, but like you have to keep him around because you love him. Mm-hmm. And he's also super good at fighting. Yeah. And, uh, and he whispers to his knives. Yeah, he's a weird little fucker. Weird little fucker. All right. Okay, so now that we've named our Primus of the Week, uh, you know what it's time for? What? What are we into this week? What are we into this week? You want me to go first? Sure. Okay, I'm into a book this week. It's called Impossible Owls by Brian Phillips. And it is... Is it about owls? No, it's a nonfiction book. It's actually a collection of essays. Brian Phillips is a reporter slash journalist slash writer. And he took these kind of really cool off-the-beat path trips to different places, like one essay is about covering the Iditarod in Alaska. There's another one where he um, drives on Route 66 and goes to Area 51. There's another one where he um, goes looking for tigers in India. Anyway, they're just like these kind of slice of life essays. And Brian Phillips is probably one of the best writers in America right now. He is amazing. Really? everything that he writes is incredible these essays like for me every time one of the like reading this book uh, as a person that is an aspiring writer it makes me want to give up writing because you're just like i can never write something that and it's all non-fiction mm-hmm. it's just like personal like reporting essays okay and uh they're amazing i i just he uh some of the essays like appeared on grantland.com there's one on the ringer.com I think he wrote for Slate a little bit. So you can actually find some of them online, but it's a collection of all those essays together in a book. And it's some of the best American essay writing ever, I feel like. I just feel like he's really amazing, and you should read it. Nice. It's my highest endorsement. The Owls, what was it? It's called Impossible Owls by Brian Phillips. Impossible Owls. The first one about the Iditarod, and then the second one about sumo wrestling, like both about made me cry. They're so Really? Good. Yeah. Will do. Thanks. Yeah, Aaron. What are you into this week? Me? All right. Um, I've been watching another Netflix show. <laughs> I do read, <laughs> but we're doing the reread, so mostly I'm just <laughs> in, in the interim I'm watching Netflix. We're just gonna we're gonna <laughs> one week we're just gonna recommend getting a Netflix subscription. I do use Ben's, <laughs> so I don't even have my own. And if he canceled his, I'd have my mom's. So find a friend with a Netflix <laughs> subscription. Um, oh, should I not have recorded that? What if Netflix kicks me off your account? No, it's fine. <laughs> you can just have multiple screens. Nice. All right. I've been watching The Haunting of Hill House, mm. which, okay. First, let me say that I am such a wimp with yeah, scary stories. Like scary stuff, I will yeah. not go see a scary movie. Mm-hmm. I hate to be scared, especially with ghosts and spirits, because I'll start seeing shadows. I get really, really paranoid. Right. But I like The Haunting of Hill House um, because it still makes me scared and paranoid, but it's not like it doesn't hit you over and over with it. It's mm-hmm. it's more 
uh, paced out, and it's mostly about this family that lives in Hill House. Um, and the whole show is based on the 1959 gothic horror novel by Shirley Jackson, um, which is considered one of the best um, like ghost story books in the 20th century. So, But I'm not done with the show yet. I'm about halfway done. But I'm really enjoying it. So if you like, nice. if you uh, like scary shows, and if you don't like scary shows, it's still a good one, as long as you can still handle it. You know, I have like put chairs in front of my door after watching it, but <laughs> that's just for the ghosts; they can't get in. I mean, that seems like very logical. I know. I also live behavior. in a creaky house, so now I'm like hearing it more, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> the banging! The ghosts are getting me. But. It's been interesting. Check it out if you like that sort of That's thing. That's a good reco. Okay, so let's talk about what we're going to do next week on, uh, or well, next episode on Howler Pod. And, spoiler, we only have a couple episodes left. Right, for the, that's kind of what we want to talk about is our plan here for the rest of Red Rising. I think we're going to have two more episodes for the rest of the book. So this week, or I mean, sorry, next episode, we're going to do chapters 31 through 37. And then uh, from there, we'll do chapter 38 through the end of the book. And it's going to be good. So we all know what happens, but it's super exciting. Right. This is when the book really starts to pick up pace. Action packed times a thousand. Yeah. This I I remember this really starts just rolling downhill very quickly from here on out. I think those chapters we read 31. Oh, sorry. 32 through 37. My bad. Yeah, we ended on 31 this week, so chapters 32 through 37. No more, no less. Don't do it. And then after that, 38 in the book will be through our first reread of Red Rising. So exciting. Much better sound. Thanks, John. Producer John. Thanks, Producer John, John for your help today. Don't forget to follow us where? At HowlerPod. And you can email us. Yeah, because we just remembered that we have an email, too. (laughs) We had it the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) HowlerPod at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line, question, maybe a podcast topic that you'd like us to bring up. only nice things. Yes, yeah. Fuck you, prick lickers. Yeah, if you want to send us some criticism, you might get a Severo insult back. So that could be fun. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We're going to call you a silky turd. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We'll send you back an email that just says you're a silky turd. (laughs) 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 All right. Thank you, Howlers. That's it. Thanks, Howlers. Omnis, Vir Lupus.